Welcome to the podcast. BHM 365 is celebrating Women's History Month, celebrating women across the world and their contributions. In a time when our world is going through a major pandemic, COVID-19, family relationships are more important more than ever. So many are having a hard time adjusting family members being at home, particularly family members that are not usually there. Many are developing closer and more meaningful relationships and also finding uh, they've reached their goals and aspirations sooner and more effective with family members near and helping them. Well, (laughs) today's guests are no strangers to the latter. They have been helping and inspiring their family for years and is here today to talk with us about how they are doing it. I believe this is an important message for today and particularly for Black families. Belisa Thompson and Morgan Thompson are mother and daughter who inspire each other daily to pursue their dreams along with the other half of the family, the father and son. (laughs) A family that is making a difference and setting an example for families all over. Again, I believe it's an important message in line with Women's History Month, being women that are history makers today, Elisa and Morgan. So hello, Elisa and Morgan, how are you today? Doing well, doing well. Hello, we're doing good. (laughs) Good, yes. So happy to have you on the show today. I normally love to do a quote by a great person from the past before we get started. And I think this kind of fits who you all are. The woman is Elizabeth Kirkley. And she was a former slave who became a successful seamstress and a savvy businesswoman. But what makes her famous is they believe that she actually was the dressmaker for Mary Lincoln, President Lincoln's wife. So she said this quote that I think is very good. Mm. It says, none of us are perfect for which reason we should heed the voice of charity when it whispers in our ears, do not magnify the imperfections of others. I love that. Do not magnify imperfections Mm -hmm. of others, but look at other people and encourage them and inspire them to do their dreams. I love Mm -hmm. that. So I kind of think of you all in that way. It is (laughs) nice. Yeah. Isn't that nice? It is really beautiful um, to have you again, and we're going to focus mainly on what I believe is just absolutely fantastic, and it's called the Thompson Holdings Group, or I say group, but incorporation, Thompson Holdings. (laughs) Thompson Holdings was established in 2017 by Gregory and Felisa Thompson to support their adult children's businesses, which is very key. The vision for the business is to offer guidance and structure on specific goals, focus, accountability, and investment capital. I love this, Belisa, because investing in your children is so major and it's not done enough this day and time. So that alone speaks for For itself. 
And then Valisa, about you, and then a little bit about Morgan. Valisa, over the last 10 years, you've been self-employed and provided communications strategic planning for various industries. I know this because I have witnessed your work. It's incredible. Now, you carry a master's degree in organizational leadership and a doctorate in organizational organizational leadership and a doctorate in educational Mm -hmm. leadership. We really should be calling you Dr. Tom. (laughs) Shouldn't we? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) But what I love so much about in your bio, this quote you said, or what you believe in, you say inherently you believe that everyone deserves better opportunities that transcends beyond barriers to human dignity. Wow. That's dignity. so powerful. That's true. That's true. You live that out daily. That's true. That's true. And to jump with the Morgan. Absolutely. Morgan, a young entrepreneur who I'm so proud of already and just getting to know. Um, Well, Morgan has started her own company. Morgan Thompson is reimagining, love this, the concept of fashion in Nashville with her nostalgic luxury streetwear brand. Love it. I've looked at it and it is amazing. And Melissa would tell us more about how that is doing now. But just that alone with Morgan starting her own company and and sticking to her dream when you were young, correct, Morgan? (laughs) And Um, not only has she started her own company, but you also have a degree in engineering. I was looking at it from University of Tennessee in Chattanooga. So very multi-talented and work for as a project manager for Don Harding. So really incredible things about these two beautiful ladies and family members, mother and daughter. We want to go ahead and jump into the interview, starting with Delisa, telling a little bit about how you got where you are, this journey of where you are now, and then Morgan can go after you. Sure, sure. Well, Joanne, first of all, thank you so much for having us. And it's uh, indeed an honor honor to be here and to uh, celebrate women is, you know, something that I've always, you know, really, really embraced. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm all about girl power. And so, you know, this is a unique opportunity to really uh, to be able to be on on your podcast. A little bit about our journey with Thompson Holding. Uh, Very simply put, my husband and I wanted to be really connected to our adult children and be able to help them in a unique way with their business ventures and uh, what they were trying to accomplish in this world of entrepreneurship and independence uh, in terms of uh, uh, working and and trying to have their own future and set their own goals and, and aspirations through these companies. And so really the story started while um, my husband and I, we were very, I guess, committed to their success, but we were doing it as cheerleaders on the sideline. You know, we would cheer them on and we would come. My son is a singer songwriter. And so when he would have concerts, we would go and we would support. We would be those parents that knew every word of his songs in the front row. And we would, you know, celebrate that uh, when Morgan, uh, she was been working on Creative Junkies for a really long time. And so when she would have photo shoots or 
or when she would have something going on, you know, we would be there for her. And in those moments when she called me, she'd be so frustrated, but I didn't know enough to give her guidance. I just knew enough to be mom and to be supportive and just, you know, oh, it's going to be okay. And what is this, you know, and that. And so we just felt like it would be great if we had a a company that really in a very intentional way supported them. And so how could we use our skill sets and the strengths that we have and add that to them in a more thoughtful way, other than just being on the sidelines as cheerleaders, but rather be more in the game and being more of a, I guess, a resource to them And so we started Thompson Holding with them in mind. And so once we started Thompson Holding, we really started putting together a strategic focus. You know, we started having these monthly meetings with them. And, you know, we started very foundationally. Some of it we had to almost reset, you know, although they had been doing it for a long time. But we started with the basics. You know, did you, you know, how did you get your business even organized? You know, is it an incorporated? Is it sole proprietorship? And we started started talking about those. Let's get your bank account together. That's, you know, so we really just started very, very foundational uh, because we knew we had to have a a solid foundation in order to build. And for that, you know, that building to be stable, we had to start at the foundational level. And from there, we just started having these monthly meetings and now we're three years into it. And so along the way, we've had other young entrepreneurs that have been associated with our kids is to say, hey, can we be a part of Thompson Holding? We love what you're doing with Morgan and Bryant. And, you know, and for a long time, I'd be so confused. I'm like, I don't know how to involve other young entrepreneurs in this venture because it was very intentional for our kids. And so we annual workshops that by design, again, were for our kids, that we would have um, individuals come in who are established business people, attorneys, CPAs come in and talk about business practices, talk about business acumen, talk about some of the things. And really by design, that very first meeting, we wanted them to bring their teams. And then, you know, it kind of grew from there because they invited other young entrepreneurs. And so we decided after that first year, to have something like that every year. Now we're going into uh, this fourth year. And so we tried to have something in 2020, you know, as a third year celebration, but the pandemic did not allow that to happen. Uh, So looking to continue to, uh, to do that and be able to involve other young entrepreneurs. So we expanded our model to be able to do that. And so we can provide that type of strategic input and resources in teaching others how to, and, you know, have investors. And so we have investors with Thompson holding, we have an advisory council now. So it's kind of grown and developed into a really uh, nice operation that is able to support uh, young entrepreneurs. That is excellent. It sounds like you and Gregory brought your expertise in that you knew and learned in entrepreneurship and just really developed that to pass on to your children. I love that. And that's absolutely needed today. So thank you. That's just great understanding of it. Morgan is a product (laughs) of Thompson Holdings. So Morgan, um, tell us a little bit about your journey and how this been. Um, so back in high school and really 
most of my time in middle school and high school, I've really been into fashion and wearing cool clothes and been into the skate culture and stuff like that. And in my senior year in high school in 2013 is when I kind of decided I want to jump into fashion and really try something new. And myself and a friend were actually partnered up and we were trying to think of designs and we ended up graduating, going to separate schools. And so things slowed down, but in the midst, we were still trying to get samples and t-shirts and that type of thing. But um, I was never really satisfied with what we were producing because we were called creative junkies. And so um, amidst this time period of research and development, um, people like Virgil Abloh and uh, Kanye West and Pharrell were impacting the fashion industry in a different way than what I had seen before. That was different than the high fashion runway pieces. And I decided that I wanna try getting into streetwear, real streetwear where we cut and sew and we get nice quality things that aren't just t-shirts with a screen printed name on it. I wanted to actually create clothing that people could take pride in and wear anywhere. And so that's kind of how Creative Junkies has developed and we're still growing a lot, but um, it's been a cool journey to see exactly how my creativity has expanded and grown so much over the last few years. Well, that must be exciting to see it and see people wearing it or even purchasing it. And Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you been in contact with any of your high school friends or friends from college and, and telling them about them? I've been on social media and I've seen the clothing and I actually like it. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely have. A lot of my uh, supporters are from school and high school and just new people that I've met since graduating college and high school. And and they're all so supportive and so amped about telling other people that there's an actual luxury streetwear brand in Nashville that wants to bring something new to the table. So it's really cool um, seeing all of the support that's that's come from my first drop in 2019 to now. Is It's just been an amazing growth. A lot of people many times try to copy what's already there, but mm-hmm. from looking at your brand, is you're not doing that. And I love that you're just like creating what you feel is mm-hmm. needed or just what you feel, you know? Yes. I love that. And I can see in the colors and all of that are just fantastic. So Thank I'm you. excited to see where it's gonna go. I know it's gonna go different places. For uh, sure. Thank you for telling us about that. Now, Valise, I know it's going places. So I want you to talk about your children and how they're doing because I love this. So tell us about how each of them are doing, even starting with Morgan and how her brand is doing. Yeah, so so Morgan, you know, she speaks about it, you know, way more intelligently than I do because she works on it on day to day basis. Okay, uh, you know, and so the it's it's grown from uh, where it was when we first started Thompson Holding in the sense of strategic focus. So you know, when she first started, let's say with uh, Thompson Holding, we had some real basic questions. You know, so you know, who do you cater to? Do you cater to if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I want a nice jacket and I want it to look like this. I want it to be old school. Do you do that? 
Or do you have your own brand that people buy and they purchase? How do you do this? And at first she was kind of like, I'm not sure, because a lot of people were coming at her. A lot of people were coming at me saying, you know, hey, you know, I would love for Morgan to do something for our sorority. Hey, I would love for Morgan Mm -hmm. to do something for, you know, my college organization. And so it made her kind of all over the place. And, you know, and so with Thompson Holding, we had to say, who are you? Who are you? And who are you not? You know, and so she had to really take a step back and say, I don't do custom stuff. That's not who I am. Creative Junkies creates a brand and people buy the brand. And so that was one of the things that she has definitely developed over time. And so when when we set our goals, we set annual goals, we sit usually around December of every year and we have a reset we look at what they accomplished over the year. Uh, you know, I'll have maybe a little video of pictures. They get awards. They've gotten awards at these annual workshops. And we've done that in different ways. The last one we had, they got a, um, a plaque. Uh, the year before that, they got a certificate. And so what it does, it just celebrates the wins of that year and what they accomplished. And so we try to set some really defined goals that they do. We only at the platform. So when we do that, uh, and it really is around January, we have the end of the year celebration in December. We'll usually have a Chris husband and Morgan and a brother, but we'll celebrate in that way because, you know, we'll want to say, you know, we really are looking at everything you're doing and we are so happy for all the small wins and accomplishments. So Morgan has done that and done really well. Bryant has been singing for a long time. Well, he started in high school. He was a musician uh, all his life. He's been a drummer since he was three years old. And that is the truth. He was in studios and he had coaches and all of that. So everyone thought he was going to be this great drummer. And uh, I can remember was in kindergarten in first grade and he would take for show and tell tapes of, of famous drummers. And that would be what he would do for a show and tell. So everyone just thought, you know, he was definitely going to be a drummer. And, and, and so while he still does have that talent and that gift, is expanded. So he went to Nashville School of the Arts and he discovered his voice uh, while he was a student at, you know, NSA. And so, uh, you know, none of us really took it that serious. And then it became serious so quickly. And uh, right out of high school, he was recruited into a a, a boy band uh, that they went into NSA looking for individuals that could be in this. And he was signed to a recording contract right after high school. And he traveled all over the country. He was in South America. He was in Hawaii. He was in Los Angeles. He was everywhere. And so that was really his gateway into this real singing opportunity. And so after that, he decided after, I guess, maybe three or four years of being with the boy band, he wanted to go solo. And so it's been a a very remarkable opportunity for him to do that. And so when we started Thompson Holding, we just discovered it was so many talents that he had. He had been in a play and he did remarkable in a play. He had never acted before. And people were amazed. They thought he'd been 
acting for years and that was his first time and he did outstanding. So when we started Thompson Holding, we really wanted to hone in on all of his talents and how do we put that into like an umbrella of a company. And so we started Bryant Taylor Enterprises. We put that into a company and said, you know, let's try to pull all of this together and start now having a strategic plan around how this can really play out. So that first year, we really started putting together for he and Morgan, like a five-year plan. You know, what are the different phases of your company that you want to accomplish? So that way you can have a very targeted focus on what it is that you want to do. Well, I will say, uh, you know, very transparently, the parent, the company has not been solid as we've wanted it to, but his talent has remained solid and that has continued to grow. And so what we focused on now, instead of just this company that we put around him, we have talked about how he can have a strategy around his talents and how he uses those. So he got signed with a publishing company because he's always been interested in writing. He's written all his music, all his songs, he puts a lot of time, energy into that. So now he has a unique opportunity through prescription songs where he got signed. And it's real similar to like a record deal. It's different in the sense that he is really honed in on writing. It put him into this other uh, stratosphere of being able to write for so many different people. They bring so many artists. He's in a studio constantly with different people and he still can do Brian Taylor as an artist. So he has managers now that help manage Brian Taylor. And now, you know, so through Thompson Holding, we've been able to really pull out those strengths and be able to say, you know, these are some areas that you can really work on. You know, do you want to get back to the acting? If you do, then we could put that in year three, year four, while you're doing your songwriting and while you're doing different things. And so through prescription, he's gotten a lot of placements like Netflix movie, you know, his songs have gotten on Netflix. He's had two Super Bowl commercials, uh, you know, just in February of this year. And so a lot of those opportunities came through prescription because he now has this unique opportunity to have his music heard on so many platforms. And so, you know, through Thompson Holding, we've really helped him through that journey to grow from that boy band group when he came out of high school to now be in this independent solo singer songwriter for real. And, mm. uh, you know, he's done so many different things. And so, you know, we're just honored to be that intimately involved with uh, both Morgan and Bryant. And, you know, and I, I see some of the things that you actually mentioned in the bio of Thompson Holding at play as you talk, the focusing, the mm -hmm. setting the goals, you know, mm -hmm. and being accountable. Those are yes. major things that you've done yes. with your children. And so that's what helps mm -hmm. keeps them on track. And so those are great, mm -hmm. great, great qualities and great tips for people to understand that needs to happen when you're working with your children or just with people in entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. That focus is key. I love how you focused in on all of his talents, but teaching him to focus in on the one that is more prevalent right now. And then you can get to the others. Yeah. Because a lot of times I, I think of Jamie yeah. Foxx in this way, how he focused on acting, but everything else fell in place, the singing and all that after 
he pursued his acting mm -hmm. for. So very good. I, I love that. Yeah. I would like to be in y'all classes. True. Hey. Now I know I read something about Morgan and Macy's. So tell me a little bit about that. Can Morgan tell us that or you tell us that? <laughs> yeah, I probably can. I can tell you a little bit more about that because um, when, when we were starting uh, Thompson Holding, we were really setting some of those those goals. Those are some of those those marks that we wanted to get to. And so one, at that time, we really were thinking about, you know, her being placed in different stores and how could we really try to um, leverage what she's doing and do some licensing deals and things like that. So I knew someone whose son was a buyer for Macy's and uh, was interested in receiving information from her. And so we went through a process and she put together a great package and sent something, but it didn't land, but it gave her a really good opportunity to present. So really, unfortunately, it didn't get anywhere, but fortunately she learned something. And that was, how do you even get an opportunity to be able to present, you know, being connected to a buyer and seeing what is it that they're looking for and how does my you know brand match with their brand and and how that could work so you know so it was an opportunity that I saw and I grabbed it and uh and I, I grabbed it and I threw it at her and she caught the ball and she ran with it and came up with a great package she really did and so that uh unique opportunity kind of presented her with some other thoughts on how could she maybe consider doing some other things maybe with some local stores and you know starting so she's done some pop-up stores and you know gone into stores and started doing some of those things just to see how she liked it what was the experience and then that led to other opportunities where she's thinking about, OK, well, maybe my clothes can go into other stores and things like that. But, you know, even for Morgan, she's she's always thinking about how does this really work and how can I really be smart about it? So we'll teach, you know, things on, you know, what little, you know, we might be able to advise rel relative to the brand, but we're always trying to think about big picture. So what is your price? That's wholesale. What would be your price for retail? You know, and her understanding some of those fundamental things, she's had to maybe take a step back and say, I really want to learn this before I go full throttle because I don't want to go in and make a misstep. So we'll kind of talk about some of those things and we might have to take a step back like with Macy's, although that was a couple of years ago, it may have been far too soon for what she was ready for. But, you know, I'm that person where I see opportunity, I go for it. And we say, yeah. Hey, even if we fail, we tried and we can learn lessons and, and, and scoop ourselves off and say, hey, it's cool. It's cool. And keep it moving. So that's what that was about. It was, a, you know, a, an opportunity and uh, we went for it. It didn't land, but we still took away great learned lessons from that opportunity. Yeah, that's what I love about um, what you're saying, because I was going to ask you to give some tips, but you're giving so many tips as we're moving forward um, in this. But I wanted to see from really from both of you, what is it like to work with each other, you know, as family or just to work with family? Because a lot of people can't work together in family. So I would love, Morgan, to know 
<laughs> what it's like to work with your mom, your dad, your brother. What is it like? We've always been pretty tight. And so, and my mom's always been this person that you see right here. It's it's never been different, you know? And so it, I thought it was cool, like being able to finally come to my mom for solid advice on what I should do next because I don't know. And we're kind of learning together. And so it's it's been cool to, to be a part of Thompson Holden and have this level of accountability because it's helped me grow so much. And I mean, I love working with my family. It's cool to me. I mean, they're they're my friends too. So it's like we we have a good time at the same time and we all are learning and growing at the same rate. And it's really cool um, to just enjoy that together as a unit. And so I, I love it. They know me better than anybody else does. And so I feel like it, that makes it easier for us to work together, honestly. Um, and so it's it, it's cool. It, it works out. It works out a lot. Excellent. And you, Valisa? Yeah. So um so in all, you know, we have we have five kids in all. And so Morgan and Brian are just right in the middle. <laughs> right in the middle. And so uh and so our our oldest daughter, you know, she's into dance and wants to do a lot with dance. And she, uh, you know, kind of peeks her head in Thompson holding and but she's busy, uh, you know, having her life and working full time and doing some things. So she gotten a part of this, but we talked to her about her journey as well. And then our younger two who are not so young anymore, they're 19 and 18. We have monthly meetings with them, but it's not really Thompson holding. It's more mom and pop talking to to our adult kids about their future. So, you know, like my youngest daughter graduated from high school last year, but she's interested in going into law enforcement. So we talk a lot about mentoring and we talk a lot about about, you know, her maybe doing some shadowing and really understanding law enforcement, especially in this time and day. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I think it's a unique opportunity. And 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 my daughter, who's 19, she kind of does everything too. She's upstairs right now doing two, two heads. She does hair. And so she's in school, she's doing that. And so she's, she's always doing something. So we're always trying to uh, give them fundamentals about business practices and how they need to do business and being very smart about it. And so it does give us a unique opportunity to stay connected to our kids. So for Morgan and Bryant, it's our honor to, you know, the fact that they, you know, come, they meet with us, they take the meetings very seriously. Um, Matter of fact, last year I was looking at pulling back and us doing maybe quarterly meetings or doing something a little different. And, you know, they both were like, why? <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay. Let's, let's keep it going, you know? And so, and so that made me feel like that they really do see the value in it. It's not just, you know, a hangout every third Saturday, but it is something that is helping them to grow. It is something that they're taking seriously and they're using all of the different skills and things that we're providing. And they're really putting that to to great use. And so it makes me feel good. It, It really does. Just to know what I've learned, I could just share that knowledge in a very thoughtful way. And it's not just, you know, kind of 
by happenstance or, you know, if I have time, but I carve out time and I'm very, very intentional about it. And so it makes me feel really, really good that we can have that that opportunity to share because it, it has made our relationship more solid. It really has because, and you know, in normal circumstances, when your kids move out and they, you know, go on and they got their own thing going, you know, you have a hit or miss relationships, you know, you catch up every now and then. And, you know, but for us, it is, is really given us a, a great way to stay very, very connected to our kids. Yeah. And I love that. That's so beautiful. And I think um, if a lot of families practice what you all are doing, I think there would be, you know, closer families and there would be less friction among children and parents. I really believe that. And I'm just not Uh saying that to say that. Um, And also just Mm -hmm. even though um, Bryant and Morgan are kind of, or Morgan is kind of in the middle, but look what they are showing their younger siblings, which is so amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, for them to look up to them, to see that. So I love the dynamics you have going on there (laughs) with the kids to be able to look up to one another. That's Mm -hmm. that's really great. Even maybe in the future, work with one another, who knows, in their businesses. (laughs) You're like, yeah, exactly. Sure. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So that's just so beautiful. Um, And before we get off all the entrepreneurship and into some of the Black history questions that I have for you all, I definitely want Morgan to say, what are some tips do you have for young people that are trying to start their own business? Of course, you know, connecting with your family, but what are some tips that you have for young people? Consistency. If if you really want to be an entrepreneur, you have to be consistent. Um, you have to really want it. You do because it's not easy. It's not a walk in the park unless you just hit a gold mine. But a lot of the time it's it's really hard. It's really stressful. And a lot of hours and work and late nights go into it. And I I think that if you're thinking about starting your own business, that is the biggest thing that you should you should really focus on staying consistent and really being fully wrapped up in what you want to do. If you want it to be successful, at least it's a, I don't approach it like a hobby. I approach it like it's my second job and, um, and I want it to eventually be my only job. So that's how I have to approach it. And I have to be intentional about every move I make, whether that's the way I'm designing, what I'm designing, the marketing behind that, the team that I'm building around myself, it all matters and the people that I have that put into me or, or pour into creative junkies, they matter too, because I want them to be as passionate about the brand as I am so we can all be successful together. Um, and so I definitely think consistency is 100 percent the biggest part of being an entrepreneur, especially a young black entrepreneur. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very good. And you should quote this. You said I. I actually don't look at it as a hobby. I look at it as a second job. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's so important because mm-hmm. so many young people get it. As, oh, I could just do this for a certain period of time, but, you know, it is literally a second job, especially when it's your dream. And when right. it's very good. Yeah, that's right. that. <laughs> very that's true. And then, Felice, um, how, what kind of tips do you have? 
for adult entrepreneurs, you know, um, now this day and time, because so many go in and give up. I agree with with Morgan that it is consistency. It's, it's really resilience. You have to be resilient when you are an entrepreneur, because uh, unless you're given an opportunity where somebody, you know, you're in, you've inherited a business, you know, that maybe, you know, someone, a father or somebody had that was pretty successful and you're kind of taking it over. If it's not under those circumstances and you're starting with just a clean sheet of paper with a vision and a mission and what it is that you want to do, you have to be passionate about it because the passion is what's going to drive you. You have to be passionate and the resilience comes in that no matter what the storm is, no matter how hard it is, you got to keep going, you know, because a lot of people are not willing to be resilient. They say they are because it sounds good, right? You can make it a quote. You can do what you want to do, but when the rubber hits the road, you have to be willing to say, no matter what, this is what I want. This is how I want my life to end up because that's what makes the difference between a true entrepreneur and a dreamer because you got to be real about it and you got to be willing to take all of the different storms that come with it because sometimes listen I was I remember I guess about a year or two ago maybe two years ago I was uh talking to somebody that I saw in the grocery store and she had been an entrepreneur for many many years in our community and she said to me one day when I saw her in the grocery store And she said, so what are you doing these days? And I said, well, you know, running a company. She said, oh, so you're broke too. And I I just laughed (laughs) because she's been through that. She's been through wherever you are, you can have dips and dives and dips and dives. And when she said that, it threw me off, but I laughed because I understood exactly what she meant. And that meant that if you are a true entrepreneur, you have gone through some empty shelves. You've gone through that moment where you've had to figure it out. But if you continue to go, I promise you on the other side of it, it will be well worth it. It will be well worth it. So, you know, that's the difference. And I think that being resilient, being strong and being consistent, like my daughter says, is really the tips that I can give to any entrepreneur, no matter how old you are, Mm -hmm. no matter how, you know, because people want to leave their jobs all the time. And they talk about, oh, I want to start my business. I want to do this. And I want to do that. It's like, okay, cool. But you got to be willing to to sacrifice for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she's definitely the one to say, oh, really? Okay, well, let's do it. Let's do (laughs) it. I believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Well said. Well, well said. That consistency and resilience. I love Mm -hmm. it. Love it. Love it. And and, and we need that even more as black entrepreneurs, you know, and Mm -hmm. um, because we have to build on what we have. And a lot of times we don't have a lot of history of money being passed on to us. So we Mm -hmm. have to start from literally the bottom and work our way Mm -hmm. up. And in, in looking yeah. at that, our show focuses on Black history. Our our company does BH365 and the importance of it. And as you both of you are creating this time, how important is Black history right now in what you're doing? And how does that fit in the setting of what you're doing now as a Black entrepreneur? For me, uh, it, it plays a big part, especially being a female and black. And usually we're considered the bottom of the totem pole 
And so it's it's huge to be a part of an industry that's been dominated by white males since the beginning of time. And so um, I'm finally starting to see more black designers into the field. And, and that's just encouraging to see um, that it's possible um, and to, to hear words from people like Virgil Abloh that you can do this too. They they were this kid just like me that went to college and wasn't satisfied with what they were about to get into or got into right after college and just shoot for the stars and try. Um, and so it's it's really big to me to to look around and see people that look like me entering this industry um, in fashion. And so, yeah, I, I think it's extremely important right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I believe that um, Black history matters in, in so many different ways. You know, I think that I try to always stay mindful of the shoulders that I stand on. And the shoulders can be, you know, those big platforms. We look at uh, Black history as, you know, uh, you know, these people, these change makers that we've, we've never met. And, you know, they have certainly uh, made huge contributions to our, um, our culture and, and, and who we are. But I also try to be very intentional about the people who are right around me. I try to be intentional about my mom and dad, my grandparents, my great grandparents, who I stand on the shoulders of, their Black history means a lot to me. My Mm -hmm. father is uh, a person who, he's um, the historian in our family. People ask him questions about our great grandfathers. And, you know, because my daddy, he does ancestry, you know, he he looks at the, our our ancestry, you know, and and looking at who, where we come from. And and so he is that, that historian that everybody sits around and listens to at the Thanksgiving dinner. And uh, he, but he loves that. He loves the research. He loves, so to me, Black history matters in so many different ways to recognize a rich, rich history, you know, Mm -hmm. of, of who we are, because for a long time, we didn't really know because it was those right. those things were hidden from us if we only depended on the history class at school, right? And so we had to dig deeper. We had to go different places, you know, and we had to do a discovery process to try to understand who we are because those things were hidden because they were so, so rich. And so it was hidden from us because it matters to a lot of people, you know, our contributions and, and who we are as, as people. And so, you know, I'm I'm just always fascinated by things really, you know, with Black history. And then how do I become a history maker? You know, how do I become that person that, you know, another young Black woman can look at and say, you know, well, if, if she did it, then I can do it. And if she encouraged, then I can encourage. If she influenced, then I can influence. And you keep it going because history is continuously happening every single day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I'm going to go ahead and because this is what this show is based on, finding history makers now. You two are already history makers in my book (laughs) because of what you (laughs) and what you are going to do. Because I I really see uh, Thompson Holding as being part of history and just really forging a new path on how to, um, you know, inspire your children and just the family as a whole, staying 
a family knit. I I just really believe that with my whole heart. And that's why you're here today. I'm already documenting it today. <laughs> and then for you, um, ah, just nice, nice. a young entrepreneur starting out with your own fashion company and and it's different and it's in and it's catchy and it's it's gonna make a difference. And so I'm just gonna go ahead and say you're you're doing it now, Felisa. You're doing it now, Morgan. Thank you. <laughs> you're doing that now. And as we look at you know black history and what's happening in our world today with racial injustice, this has to move us to keep going too. So what are your thoughts on racial injustice and where our community is going or how we can contribute to the community, as you say, Felice, to to stand on the shoulders of those before us and even now to to better our communities with all this racial injustice going on? So, Morgan, you go first again. As far as the racial injustice, I think it's um, it's it's always heartbreaking that it's still riddled in this country and just throughout the world that we're just so oppressed and looked down upon uh, for the color of our skin. It's just, it, it's hurtful a lot of times and can be discouraging when we're in these rooms where we're the minority most of the time. And and being a woman on top of that, where I've been in rooms where I'm the only woman and the only black woman at the same time, it can be intimidating, especially to see how we're, we're being killed in the streets. And so for for me and for my community, I feel like sometimes I feel like we're we won't be heard until the majority starts to tell the stories of 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 black people. A lot of time we've been telling our stories and why it's wrong that we're dying and why it's wrong that we're being why why it's wrong that we're we're treated unequally in so many ways. And so I feel like a lot of times it's the responsibility of our our white friends and our European friends to tell their family members that they've heard say racial slurs or their friends that they've actually been in the room when they've said something wrong about Mm -hmm. our community and we're not in those rooms a lot of us don't get to experience a moment where we face racial injustice right in our face and so i feel like a lot of times it's the responsibility of the people who understand what's going on in the community to say something and to really press the issue because it's it's literally killing us and so i i that's my thoughts on racial injustice. All I can do is tell my friends, my the few white friends I have, get them to understand. And if they already do understand, they need to say something. Say something. That's very good. Say something, you know, from that culture, because I mean, because they have not said anything in the past, as you said, um, Felisa, that they didn't talk about us in history books. We didn't grow up learning about all these fabulous um, African-Americans who contributed to history. So Mm -hmm. it's their turn to speak up and and, and talk and be truthful about how they feel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And let's have that dialogue. I think Jesse Jackson said we always want to demonize we don't want to dialogue, you know, mm-hmm. so it's time to dialogue. I love that. Mm. 
with injustice. Um, you know, right now, as we know, it is it, it is such a buzzword, right? That so much has happened that has brought that to the forefront, um, where that has become a trending topic to discuss. Uh, you turn on the TV, they're talking about, uh, you know, the injustices. They're talking about, you know, racial injustice. They're talking about gender injustice. They're talking about wage. They're talking about so many different things now. And I think it's a unique opportunity for us to be able to leverage the moment that it is a buzzword, you know, and we don't want to take that lightly, that it's a buzzword, but we can educate people just like, you know, Morgan was saying, educating, you know, your white counterparts to be able to say, speak up, talk about it. But I think also to be able to use that within your community and your family to be able to be able to share some tools that can help them do something about it. Because you can talk about it at your dinner table. We can talk about it here on the podcast, but what do we do about it? And most people don't know what to do about it. You know, they don't know the tools that it's going to take to really reshape racial injustice. Some of those things could be very simple and at your fingertip. Because if we really come together and unify and we hold our council people on the local level accountable, it'll shift change. And Mm -hmm. so some people say, well, how do you do that? Well, you write a letter. Well, you give a call, find out who your 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 council people are. And if somebody says, well, I'm uncomfortable doing that. I don't want to do that. OK, well, call your church leader, call your church leader, call your community leader, the people that you're associated with. Call those leaders and say, I'm concerned. I don't know how to change it, but these are some things that I wrote down and have your five list of things that you're concerned about. My brother got pulled over by a police officer and he was mistreated. He wasn't kicked, but he was cussed at or he was called out of his name. That's a problem. So if people understand small things that they could do to shift it, then you make a real big difference. Because if somebody is comfortable calling their council person, they should be just as comfortable calling their senator. The senator that is at the the, uh, Washington and they're representing you, you need to hold them accountable. Because now that we have all this police reform happening, we got all of these bills that are coming through, we need to ensure that our senators are representing us and the only way that they can, because, you know, when they were doing some of those votes and, you know, cause I'll look at them and I called Marsha Blackburn's office. I called uh, uh, Haggerty's office. I was calling and I was saying, listen, I want them to vote a certain way. You know, I want them to do this and I want them to do that, you know, and when you do that and if, if enough of us do it, they'll listen. You know, Mm -hmm. but if if the majority are not, but people, I think very fundamentally, if they understand what do I need to do and how do I do it? Because we can talk very broadly about it and nothing gets done because it becomes, you know, we're just talking around the dinner table and we're talking at the coffee table. We're talking at my girlfriend's house while we drink wine or drink coffee or whatever, but it doesn't move the needle, you know, and I usually don't even deal with those type of conversations because at the end of the day, what do I need to do? How can I do it? You know, because if I can't do anything about it, it's not even worth talking about. That's and so I think understanding how you can contribute is super important. Racial injustice is very important, but people need to know outside of just maybe walking down and, and, and being a part of a protest. I think that's great. I, I really do. And I think, you know, if you can contribute in that way, great, you know, but really knowing how 
what you need to do and what are those tools that you can do to change it is extremely important. And that's so good for um, Felicia because Martin Luther King, when they marched and when they did their demonstrations, they not only protest, but they protest purpose. They always did something after that. They always moved the needle to call their senator or they did different things, you mm-hmm. know, to make things happen. Yeah. They became what we call at BH365 mm-hmm. solutionists. That's what we need right now is people that are going to mm-hmm. be solutionists, not just going to talk about it, but we're going to have some action behind what That's we're right. About right. that's kind of what the um, right. our podcast, this podcast was based on, is becoming a solution to talk about Black history. To mm-hmm. let know that there are people out there fighting for us. There are people out there that are doing and making a difference. Being a solution mm-hmm. is so key. And another way we do that um, that we have um, released an actual Black history book called BH three sixty five an inclusive account of American history, where it's corp- incorporating Black history with American history. So it's saying that it can't do without the other. Either one of those cannot do without mm-hmm. the other, without the truth. Because the truth right. is that Black mm-hmm. American history or African American history is American history. We're going to have to forge those two together and make them inclusive. Because, you know, we built part of America, just like any other, you know, culture or most of America. So right. that's right. Know that. That's right. And by being solutioned, mm-hmm. we can, we can talk about that. So thank you guys for your thoughts nice. on that. Appreciate it. We're at the end of our, <laughs> this could go on all day interview because you are right. <laughs> so interesting, but um, I know you kind of told us what the future is because I would love to know what the future is for Thompson holding. And you kind of told us that already. But what's even more important is that what word would you leave to people today as we're at the end of the podcast? What kind of encouragement would you leave to people today, each of you? Love and uh, expression. Um, Expression is the basis of creative junkies. And it's what I prioritize along with the quality of what I give Expressing yourself creatively, especially in the Black community, is a big thing. Sometimes we don't do that because we feel like we have to keep everything in. We have to be strong all the time. But use your creativity to express yourself and love on each other. Love is the key to all all things being mended. I left two words for you. (laughs) I love it. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. I have three. I have three words. <laughs> and and the reason that I have three is because it has become the core values of Thompson Holding and that's think, grow, develop. So think critically, grow intentionally and develop everything about you. Continuously develop no matter what. You know, I believe in being a life learner. So every opportunity is an opportunity to grow, is an opportunity to develop, and definitely think strategically. You have to always kind of know a strategy of what you're trying to accomplish, have some goals, because we're throwing darts in the middle of the field, we'll never get anywhere, right? So we teach with Thompson Holding, the very foundation of our core beliefs is think, grow, develop. So that's what I leave with you. Great, great. 
Well, you've been listening to Black History Matters 365, celebrating Women's History Month with two fabulous women, mother and daughter and an exceptional entrepreneurs, family entrepreneurs, Felisa Thompson and Morgan Thompson. Keep listening to Black History Matters 365, where we celebrate African-American history every day. Thank <laughs> you.